Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman with you on a Wednesday morning. We are excited to be with you here today. Thank you for listening to the podcast, wherever you get that podcast from. Strange Brew. You could could be listening to it. it. I still haven't gone and gotten my gift card. Well, if you don't go, go, then I'm going to go get it, and I'm just going to use it. Or you could just get it, give it to me, and I'll use it. My wife likes coffee. Okay. I'm going to get her something. I'll, I'll get her a little treat. That'll well, be let nice. me just tell you, nobody's getting any use out of it with it sitting over there. I keep forgetting it's there. I drive past that thing all the time, too, so it's, uh, whatever. You know, I actually, when I got mine, mm-hmm. and thank you again. Uh, I, I feel I like I'm ungrateful. The, I don't want to sound ungrateful. You know? I, like, I went through the drive-thru, mm-hmm. and I didn't even realize it was there. And, yeah. like, they saw me, and they were like, got something for you. Like, they handed it to me out the drive-thru window. Nice. And I was like, you just hold on to that here for just a second. Cause yeah. I'm going to spend a little bit. Yeah, so. there you go. But anyway. So yeah, it was nice. Well, however you're getting your podcast, be it at supertalk.fm or anywhere else you get podcasts. If you're listening to it at Strange Brew Coffee House, we certainly appreciate that. But we appreciate you wherever you're listening, especially the servicemen and women listening to us across the globe. We want to thank them. Thank our other sponsor as well, the College Corner. Check them out at either one of their locations in the Capital City area. That's the, by Fleet Feet in Ridgeland or by the Half Shell in uh, Flowood. Get the largest selection of Mississippi State merchandise in central Mississippi. Don't waste your time in line up here in Starkville when you come up for game day. Do your shopping there or online at collegecornerstore.com. And don't forget, when you mention the podcast at your at the store, or if you use the promo code THUNDER when you order online, you're going to get 15% off your order. Anything you order, any purchase you make, 15% off. So that can be as much or as little as you want it to be. You, you're, you're saving money. Thanks to Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get up with them though. Let's see that? if we can't work lightning in there somehow. That can be a smaller discount, five percent. I, t- I told you it's got to be half the discount. Seven point five. Seven point five. Yeah, but you can't combine discounts. You can't get twenty two and a half. It's true. So, so why would you want lightning then? <laughs> lightning should you should get like a free sticker or something. Yeah, you should you should have something smiling. Yeah, something that brightens your day. You know what it should say. It should be a sticker that says it's a Woo. great a great day to be a bulldog. Oh, going back old school. Yeah, there's going to come a day, folks, where I'm no longer going to be on the beat. And when that happens, yeah, we're going to at least do one last thunder and lightning. And I'm just going full blown Homer again. Well, like I'm, it's, it's going to happen. Excited for it. All right, so check them out. Don't forget. All right, here we got uh, we got a lot of rumblings questions today. You knew that it was going to be that case. A lot of the questions are the same questions. So your question <laughs> may not get asked today, but. It's, it's, it, your, your question, your question may be answered, asked, but your name will not be said. <laughs> so let's try to let's try to find the beginning of this here. That said, before we start again, thank you guys for all the questions. Like you have overwhelmed us the last few weeks with questions. Like, I, I made this comment, and, and I'm you know I don't want to bring, call anybody out in particular, but it always makes me laugh when other people are like, "Hey, I need questions," and then like two hours later, like, "Hey, I really need questions." <laughs> Me and Joel just say, hey, can we get some questions? And then I wake up in the morning and I have 86 notifications. Yeah. So, th- yes, thank you guys. We couldn't do it without you. One of our favorite listeners, Alexandra Watson, who uh, she was the one who uh, sent us that video about Alexa. That lets yeah. us know you can listen to our podcast on Alexa. Uh, she has two questions. The first one is from her daughter, Mallory. She wants to know, their kitten, Peaches, Peaches, that's a good cat name, is very hyper and seems to never sleep since I am a cat owner. When did those cats calm down? What? Cats calm down? I'm still waiting on that. I mean, Agamemnon calmed down at the towards the end because he was really fat and he just didn't want to go anywhere. Sort of like me. Uh, Samson never, and Baloo are still going every which way but loose. I've never owned a cat. 
Always been a dog guy. Every, every I, I had a dog. I like dog. dogs. I'm not a cat person per se. I just like I like animals. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I have a 12 year old lab mix. I think I've told the story. Yeah, I adopted here from the from the Humane Society. Right. He is 12 years old, and if you didn't know, like, I mean, you can look at him now and tell him he's older because mm-hmm. I mean, it, but he he's gone from like black it. to like gray and white and. Some I know stuff, how that goes. But, but uh, anyway, Check my yeah, beard he, anytime you want. He still from majority of the time acts like a puppy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Baloo, who we also adopted. I mean, he just did. I mean, they're all up at all hours of the night. It's just, yeah. You just, you just do the best you can. So, all right. And she also has another question for us, does Alexandra Watson. Her second favorite podcast has a tagline at the end of every episode stay sexy and don't get murdered. Is she saying that we're her favorite podcast in this? I can't tell. Uh, if we had a tagline at the end of Thunder and Lightning, what would it be? So we need a tagline. We have to go, because we have the wrestling music at the end. We need a wrestling tagline. I have an idea for one. Okay. One of my favorite tag teams of all time, the Hollywood Blondes. <laughs> Steve Austin and, and Brian Pillman. All right, guys. That's, that's all for today. For Joel, I'm Brian. Your brush with greatness is over. <laughs> we could also go to the Latitude Era and just say, well, if you're not down with that. Uh, that's, 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 that's very then, crude. Then we're, then we're no longer family friendly. Then we're not family friendly at that point. So, yes, we're going to go with the Hollywood Blondes. <laughs> I might say it at the end of the day show. Uh, let's see here. Now we got a little of this... Uh, this is where I tweeted the Joe Burrow thing last. Did you see that? Kid grew up a Mississippi State yeah. fan. For God's sakes. And then I made fun of the uh, NFL officials because once again, once again. All right. Uh, I think Mississippi high school football officials may be better than NFL officials. I would agree with that. All right. What we got? We got Tanner Marler who wants to know, shifting the focus to basketball with the additions of Aduro and the other freshmen. Where do you see this team in two years? Are Woodard and Perry still on the team? Tournament uh, Pe- hitting. Perry, no. Perry, no. Woodard should still be. And Nick Weatherspoon could be a senior. So you got those two guys coming back. Oduro, I think, is going to be a, a big piece off the bench this year. They're going to they, they're gonna need him to be anyway. Um, if Perry's still on this team, that men's disaster happened. He like got hurt this year or something. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, yeah. Or something. He just did not play well. He took a big step backwards. One of the two. Um, they should. I mean, that's the thing. I would like to believe Ben Hallen has got the program on the footing that they can be a tournament team. I don't think you can be a tournament team every year at Mississippi State. But in a five-year period, I think you can get four. Yeah. And I think, you know, looking ahead to 2020, 2021, you're going to have that opportunity, I think so. Because, I mean, I think that the uh, Tulu-Smith, uh, the uh, the transfer out of Western Kentucky, is going to be a big-time player for Mississippi State. So they got, they're going to have some, some talent. They could be anywhere from a, a five to ten seed in the NCAA tournament, I would think. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I know it's a big, that's a wide range, but yeah, I mean, is Woodard the leading scorer on that team? That would be my first guess. Yeah, yeah. State hasn't had a guy like that in a while be a leading scorer. It's always been like a point guard. It's been a guard or a post player. When's they? What if they had a wing be the leading scorer? Hmm. You know, like Dante Jones wasn't the leading scorer. No. Uh, uh, Rayvern Johnson wasn't the leading scorer, was he? You know, I'm trying to think like the 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 2003 2004 teams, you know, Shane Power and Winsome Frazier now. So yeah, that'd be an interesting thing because you're talking about a guy who can go inside outside. So I like that. Will wants to know: Do you think Joe talking about yesterday's podcast was playing the guilt card a little too much, trying to make the fans feel bad for him? Not saying I thought this by any means. Something just came to mind. A little. Here, here's. 
I don't think he intentionally did that to make you feel sorry for him. But I do think that it could come off as though he was trying to do that. Is that fair? Yes. Like, I, I don't think his intent when he stood up there was, I'm going to give this speech so that everyone will feel sorry for poor old Joe. I don't right. think that was his mentality when he did that. Right. I do think that some people heard it that way. Yeah. No, and, I agree. And, and <laughs> I think we said it yesterday. There wasn't a darn thing Joe Moorhead could have got up behind that podium and said yesterday that would have satisfied folks that he couldn't have. Like, it was an impossible task. What could Joe have got up there yesterday and said that would have made everybody look at him and thought, you know, it's going to be all right? There, there's nothing. There, there's The only thing that man can do to, to get everybody back on the same page is for his offense to click. I'm not even going to say win because, I mean, this week he ain't winning. His offense needs to start clicking this week under Garrett Trader, and then he needs to go to College Station and whip the Aggies. And then maybe folks start getting back on little by little, and then you keep winning, and you beat Arkansas, and you beat Ole Miss, and, you know, you go to a bowl game, you win that. You're still going to go into the offseason with people kind of half and half on you, and then next year you come out guns blazing. Like, all all you can do really is what happens on the field. There, As far as words, he couldn't have said crap on Monday that got people completely on board. It just, it, it was an impossible task. All right. Zachary Coey, or Cooey, I'm sorry if I mispronounced it. Uh, I remember this time last year, Brian was taking his frustrations out on the poor citizens of Van Horn. Who's catching the brunt of your frustrations this year? I miss, what were you doing last year? Playing Red Dead Redemption. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, and then whenever I would just get angry, I would just go into that town with no sheriff and just start killing things. You know, just, (laughs) you would know me by the trail of dead in that town. (laughs) Do you still play? I haven't played that game in a while. I've been playing FIFA. Um... And there's no really frustrations in that game. The games are tight. I lose some on that. So um, I don't know. I don't really. I'm. I've been. Yeah. I guess. I guess at some point it's all going to come spilling out of me at some point, and then Joel will be the one catching those frustrations. Oh gosh, yeah. So hasn't happened yet. It's unfortunate. Will Larson did a little research here. I like this. Here's a graph showing Mississippi State's Kim Palm improvements and how since Allen took over, also known as we finally got out of the hole. Why is there so much negativity towards this program when the positive trajectory is clear and this team returns a ton of talent? I have an answer for this. I want to get your thoughts. It's because he doesn't have a signature win. I think that's part of it. There just hasn't been a win to rally people. Beat Kentucky. Last year, that loss at home to Ole Miss really deflated people. Really deflated people. I'm going to – I think you're right. I think that's part of it. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think another part of the lack of excitement for men's basketball is just there haven't been any players the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. And and quite frankly, Ben Howland didn't help with this either because he's kind of dry and bland. It's just kind of a dry and bland personality group. Like Q was not a big personality no. guy. Like yeah. when when you look at the women's side, I mean you had T and you had you had Victoria yeah. and you, you've had you've had some characters right. and some beloved players, not to mention the fact they're playing for national titles. I mean yeah. that helps too. But and then you look on the men's side, and you got some good dudes. I mean, I'm not criticizing them as people, but they're just not the type of bombastic personalities that, quite frankly, you attach yourself to. Because at the end of the day in athletics, a lot of times you attach yourself to guys, and, and, and you just kind of... I mean, like Dak. It's like he's everybody's best friend right. or brother. Or you just attach yourself to players. And I don't know that State's had a player the last four or five years 
that people just kind of connect with. I mean, they root for them. They will root for them because that name's on the jersey. But from the players to the coach itself, it's just kind of a eh, program, like yeah. as far as a personality standpoint. Yeah, I get that. That said, they come out, you know, and pull a Sweet 16 this yeah. year or something. That that will go a long way towards helping people I think, embrace I think, guys. I think they have some personality on this team, too. I think Woodard has some personality. I think Perry does, too. So, Perry – but, you know, when you think back to guys like – Charles Rhodes and Jamont Gordon, or, or you know even Vernardo a little bit. Uh, obviously, you know, going back to Dante Jones, you just had guys you could root for, yeah. and everybody rooted for Q. But yeah, he just he didn't he didn't give you a lot of reasons. Yeah, he was just so stone faced. Yeah. Didn't know if he was up by twenty, down by twenty. Yeah. I tell you, somebody which could have been helpful, that. Yeah, somebody that could have been that guy, but he was so maddening off the court. And mm-hmm. it, Lamar Peters could have been that guy. Could have been that guy because he had he was loaded with personality. Yeah, personality. Both yeah. post game pressers and. Anytime you talked, I mean, he had all kind of, you know, attitude, and yeah. uh, he, he he didn't just give you a normal quote. And on the court, he was a little chippy sometimes, and he kind of had that flair a little bit. But he was just so up and down and maddening for people that nobody could ever really yeah. grab hold of him. But anyway, we'll see if it happens. I, I think if a guy or two kind of emerges, whether it's Perry Woodard, whatever, combine that with some success, and then you got that excitement back. All right. We're gonna answer one of T. Rob's questions here. Now that Georgia's lost, pick the four playoff teams. I think we would LSU agree on it. and Bama. That's so two. they have to play each other though. So you're going to get them both in. Mm-hmm. The loser of that two game from the West. So Alabama and LSU. Because you think Alabama. So say Alabama goes undefeated and wins the SEC. LSU gets in at eleven and one. Yeah. Okay. And then Clemson. They're in, right? I mean, they're going to be in. So do you go Ohio State or Oklahoma? Ohio State's really good, but so is Oklahoma. I think the, the sports gods owe us Oklahoma versus Alabama, Jalen Hurts versus Tua. Yeah, Oklahoma. Do you do you disagree with the LSU thing? Because right now, to me, those are the two best teams in the country, Alabama and LSU. If, L, uh, if, I know they if LSU each other, loses a close, close game in Tuscaloosa, they would get it. Wouldn't? But they they would sort of be the same thing that Mississippi State was in 2014. You know, lost a close game in Tuscaloosa. And people were saying even before the Egg Bowl that Ohio State was going to get in over Mississippi State. So you know, if an undefeated Ohio State team, if if Oklahoma and Ohio State are undefeated, there's not going to be any. They'll get in. Do you know what's best for the SEC? What? Probably to get two in, to get mm-hmm. LSU and Bama in, is for LSU to closely beat Alabama. Yeah, and then LSU going to win the SEC because I know that it's not supposed to matter the name on the side of that helmet. But you're going to tell me the college football playoff committee. Isn't going to put a one-loss Alabama in. The only problem is, again, if Ohio State – if you have four undefeated teams, they're getting in. So you have to have Ohio State – Wisconsin has to lose a game. Ohio State has to lose a game, and Oklahoma has to lose a game. So you got a bunch of one-loss teams. Yeah, That's how it has to go. Uh, let's see here. Dalton Lee wants to know, there have been plenty of disappointments across all of MSU sporting history, so I know there's some routine. What is your post-game routine that helps you cope with a disappointing showing? So for me – Joel, I'll let you go second here. And, and and for MSU, disappointment, I have to still do this show. I can't avoid it. But for, like, a bad loss for the – like, the Saints last year they, when they lost the NFC Championship game, I just go quiet. I, I, I We didn't do a show that day. And didn't do a show – were you and I doing shows two years ago in January? Uh, no, because no. I didn't start with you until, like, so was, the middle of Bob. last year. I remember texting Bob after the uh, the meaningless miracle – and I said, I can't, I can't, I can't talk. And I just, I just, I just go silent. I'll, sometimes I'll go for a walk, just, just to be alone. I don't want to hear any th- anybody talking. Just, I have to have quiet. Yeah. 
just to deal with the rage in my head. What about you? It, it has. What'd you do last week? That's what I was going to say. It was somewhat. I, I don't want to talk about it for one, and it, it drives me mad. Like I don't get angry much, much of any. I, it, it takes a lot to just really get under my skin. But something that gets under my skin is like when people tweet crap at me mm-hmm. after a loss. Oh, it happens when they too. well when they haven't tweeted a darn thing about baseball for six yeah. months, and then all of a sudden. Yeah. You're the diehard Cardinal fan. Yeah, you hadn't said a darn thing about baseball for six months. Look, you, you can say a lot of things about Joel T. You can say I talk like Gomer Pyle. You can say anything you want to. You know, I guess it's uh, who is it? Sheriff Callie. I, I talk like too. He's all like Deputy Peck. Deputy Peck. Sheriff, yeah. Sheriff Callie is is a woman, um, a female cat. <laughs> well, I may sound like her too. Who knows? Yeah, yeah you know. Uh, but one thing you can say now you about me, me now you got me wanting to hear what your wife sounds like again, so I can I can think about it at the same time. But go ahead. <laughs> People always used to make fun of how she talked too. So we probably we got some annoying voices, I guess. Yeah. Oh, God help Cal T and K. But uh, one thing you got to say about me is it doesn't matter if the Braves are losing one twenty or if they're winning one twenty. I'm tweeting and I'm talking and I'm wearing the Braves gear nonstop. And so it just aggravates me when these folks come from out of nowhere and talk crap about you know their team won in the playoffs over the Braves and you ain't looked at baseball for the last six months. So shut up. Anyway. After the loss last week, I, you just kind of go. I'm like you. You just it's, it puts you in a bad mood. You just kind of go quiet. It does help the fact that I have two kids under the age of three and a half at the house, so I immediately have other crap to get my mind on <laughs> to make sure they're not killing each other or bass to do and things like that. But I can. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I can handle it a lot better now than I could 10, 15 years ago. Losses and stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, I can remember like in in high school, the Braves uh, lost a, a playoff series. I can't remember which one it was because they've lost so darn many the last twenty years. But I just didn't go to school the, ne- the next day or two. I, I've, I've skipped I've skipped school days after like back in high school. Yeah. If they were losing egg bowl, I wouldn't go to school on Monday. Yeah, I just yeah. didn't go and I didn't feel like putting up with more yeah. crap talk from people who didn't watch baseball for the last six months. Exactly. And, yeah. So. Clint Kelly wants to know, is it right to raise your children as Mississippi State fans knowing you are leading them to a lifetime of disappointment and sadness? <laughs> well, your parents did it to you. Absolutely, it's right. It's a rite of passage, man. You just build character, you know? Don't want you, you want your children to have better lives than you, but you also don't want them to have it too easy. You yeah. need to build some character. Yeah. So. got to learn right. to, to deal with the dark times. Justin Strawn at a miserable 3.14 a.m. Just wretched. That's just awful. All right. Uh, is there any way we can convince Joe Moorhead not to tweet inspirational quotes after humiliating losses? No. Probably not. Uh, Here's the thing. I think he would tweet it after wins, too. I mean, it's what's, not like What's just... worse, that or what happened with Georgia where they didn't tweet after the uh, they tied the ball game? They didn't tweet for, like, another 24 hours. <laughs> they didn't tweet out, like, a final score or anything. What's worse? <laughs> Uh, I think most fans would probably say that because they don't want to see any inspirational things after after like a loss yeah. at Tennessee. So probably folks would say that. You know, okay. I think the Braves kind of did that. You talking about the Braves a while ago when they were playing the Cardinals the other day and it was ten nothing in the first inning. I don't think they did another update for like five hours. The Giants <laughs> when they lose, they just tweet out the score. No, no, no infographic or anything. They just say, you know. Dodgers six, Giants. Yeah, three. well, that's what Atlanta did that. They did the yeah, final. They did that's uh, all they did. Cardinals thirteen, no, Braves one. No, nothing else. No glitz to it. So no hashtags. Just there's the score. Uh, let's see here. Uh, another one here from uh, from uh, Justin. Three new SEC coaches were hired in 2018. Is that the worst crop ever 
of new coaches hired into the conference. So that would have been Moorhead, uh, Chad, Chad Morris. Morris, and Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah. That's not good. By the way, all three of those guys were finalists for this job. So <laughs> maybe, the, maybe they need to do a little different kind of search next time. That's uh, I'm trying to think, like, you know, just trying to think who, who recently would have been hired, like, when they had groups of guys. I mean, there hasn't been one like that, to my knowledge. That's pretty rough. I'd have to go back and do some digging and see which coaches got hired which 20, years. But 2021, nothing. are all three of those guys still at their schools? If you made me guess right now. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. I'd lean no. Yeah, me too. That's that's pretty rough. All right, last one here we're going to do from Justin. Uh, Ian Glenn, a.k.a. Sir Jorah Mormont, plays an older Bruce Wayne on the DC Universe show Titans. Does that surprise either of you? I think it's the voice, but I can see more as Alfred. Than well, I he's, he, he does, I've seen a clip or two. He, he does an American voice. Okay. He doesn't sound British. Yeah, but yeah, he's a little old. I mean, unless they're going like Batman Beyond kind of thing, but they're they're not really. So, I don't know. I mean, that's that's a little. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. So he still got? Has he got like white hair in the thing? No, he's What's got a dark hair. dark hair. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. Now I'm intrigued. I need to go find that. Yeah. That show's not good though. I watched okay. it a couple. It's not good. Uh, let's see here. Jimmy Rayburn wants us to give an over under for MSU fan attendance at the LSU game. I think there's going to be a lot of LSU fans. So how many MSU fans come? 40,000? Is 40,000 too many to pick? It's a 2-30 game in the weather. I, don't, I hadn't looked at the forecast, but it should be. This is the only good weather game State's likely to get because the next after this, the next home game is November 16th. It's going to be cold. And, and quite frankly, I think some people will come to see LSU. Yeah. Even even state fans. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, you got uh, same reason people show up at Alabama games. Yeah, you, okay. you got a potential Heisman winner at QB, and LSU's a good team. I mean, look, the opponent helps bring people out. Like people want to go see a, you know, guy so I can say, hey, I watched them play that year, kind of thing. So I actually think the attendance is going to be a lot better than some folks think. I, think, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a packed I think house it'll be or like nothing. Forty-five thousand, but forty-eight thousand in this game, and that's probably. I feel like I'm being generous. Like. I think you said the other day, and I may have even agreed with it at the time, that we're going to look out at the east side and it's going to be 50-50. It could be. But the west side will be a lot of MSU. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, you think about, like, what is it, the, the, the sections basically go down from the 20 down to the uh, south end zone. I think so. And then the, the faculty section is always full of visiting fans because those teachers all sell their tickets. So that's going to be it's going to be a lot of purple and gold. There is going to be a and lot of purple and gold. the upper deck, too. So. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a fuller – a fuller house than some people think. Okay. Rob Montgomery wants to know, now that we've been now that you've been to Neyland, what SEC stadiums have you not visited? I have still uh let's see, what have I not been to? I got two left. I got College Station and Columbia, Missouri. I still haven't been to College Station cuz okay. a lot of times daily for some of the longer road trips don't send me and that's right. one of the longer ones. Yeah. So I, I still haven't been to College Station. Um what have I not been? I hadn't been to Florida. Okay. Been to South Carolina? Have not been to South Carolina. Been to Missouri? Have not been to Missouri. Basically, I've been to, I've been to the East. Have you been to Georgia? Yes. I went to Georgia a couple years ago. You went to Tennessee, obviously. Went to Tennessee. So that's, that's all I haven't. I haven't been to a game at, at Vandy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I was there for Super Regional, so I was right. I mean, the football, the football stadium. The, well, I mean, the football stadium and baseball stadium are basically butt-to-butt with each other. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been to it, but I haven't actually been in it for right. a game. And then the rest of the West, obviously, you've been to. Yes. LSU, Alabama. I've been to every other. Yeah. College Station's the only school in the West. Have you been, been to Fayetteville? Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, because you're that cold game. Yeah. No, I didn't go to uh, Little Rock. Little Rock. I've never no, been to Little don't Rock. Don't count that. So, yeah, I've got. I now mine are some of mine are obviously as fans, but I have not been to Columbia, Missouri, or College Station. So I'll get College Station next week, and I'll and I'll get Missouri in 2037. Like I don't know what <laughs> when it you're is. like 65 years old. I'll be half as old as Murray. Uh, let's see here. Oh, where would we rank it? I thought it was a nice stadium. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Especially for it to have only, you know, now the press box is closed, so I can't really hear the crowd real well, but it seemed like it was a pretty loud crowd to have 25,000 empty seats. Yeah. And, and the thing is, for me anyway, it was cool because growing up in the late 90s and you're playing, you know, NCAA football and, and you're sitting there and you're watching Peyton Manning, of course, State played Tennessee in the in that SEC title game. I mean, Tennessee was one of the nation's premier programs there for a long time and and Neyland Stadium was just a holy ground almost you know so it was neat to finally get to go I know I didn't get to see it at its peak 20 years ago but for me it was just one of those that I really am glad I got the chance to go to so I mean where do I rank it I don't I don't know I'd have to sit down and think about that for a second but for me personally it was pretty cool to go yeah all right uh let's see here next question is from Kurt wants to know, do you believe the transfer portal and the JUCO path is impacting the locker room in a negative way? Uh, you know, it, with some hindsight and some conversations and everything, I, I do think that the – I mean, he is talking about Mississippi State like this year, right? Yeah. I do think that the, the quarterback thing – I'm not going to say it was a it has been a huge deal, but it's been a deal, I yeah, think. Yeah, there's been something to it. Like, I, I it, it's – and and some of that's educated opinion or, or an educated educated talk. It's not just me spewing, and some of it's just what you've seen too. But it, I don't know that anybody dislikes Tommy Stevens, but I think there has been some, at least some. You you can put a ranking on it if you want, but just some some discord that that kind of caused. I don't know that that's why State sits here today at three and three, but it didn't help. I'll say that. Yeah, I definitely think that. Uh... That, that's what I'm looking for here. If you could go back in time, uh, you would not have brought Tommy Stevens in. I think that's fair. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see here. Next question is from Shelby Beach, who wants to know or has to ask us, am I the only person that considered last year as year zero for Moorhead? Does it you give it Moorhead a full three, four years for the talent cycle to come to get all his guys on the team and truly learn his complex system? Yes, you are the only I think, person. I think, yeah. No, I, we appreciate your question, but yeah, I think you're about the only person. Because he, he was got, he easily got handed, the most talented team he'll ever have. He got handed the keys to a Cadillac. He will never have a team with three first-round picks on it again. No way. And then to have a veteran quarterback who could do enough things to be productive offensively, to have a potential all two potential All-SEC running backs, and two first-day, two guys who are starting on the NFL as rookies on the offensive line, no, that's not year zero. That was set to to take off from year one. Yeah, and, and his offense didn't even have to come in and be good last year. It just had to be competent. Yeah, which it was not. Yeah. So no, uh, he he gets no he gets no pass. It was underachieving. Just was. Good news from my wife. I, I texted her. I said uh, I just saw that they're making cinnamon Coca Cola, and I swear if you buy me one and try to trick me with it, I will divorce you that very day. <laughs> she said she would not buy it. So. Good news for her. She I, shouldn't have to lose me. Do you like Dr. Pepper? Dr. Pepper's okay. Not my favorite. I'll drink it if I go to a Pepsi restaurant. 
but I don't I don't drink them the way I drink cokes. I can't yeah. I can't chain smoke them like that. But cinnamon, I have a I don't like cinnamon. So, uh, where are we here? Ty Gordon has some questions here. Uh, do we really think fans were chiding Joe's daughter, or do we have a McElwain moment here? I think that happened. Yeah, it, I don't think they were like chiding Joe's daughter so they, much they as they were, were saying, "Joe, you they suck." Were, yeah, they were saying to her. His daughter was on the field while yeah. they were telling Joe he sucked. Like yeah. I don't think they were talking to an eighteen-year-old girl, girl saying, "Hey, girl, your daddy sucks." I don't think that's how that went down. Yeah, I don't either. I think it was more, "Joe, you suck," and his daughter heard yeah. it. Most of those questions are pretty harsh. I'm gonna let them go. Uh, Andrew Noble, is it really that bad of a look to fire a coach after two years if it's been a steady decline and lack of improvement? I don't think it is in this conference. For three to four million, people will take this job. Well, first off, you are assuming that John Cohen's going to pay somebody three to four million. He didn't pay Joe Moorhead that. Um, but I, I agree with you that if you're on an obvious downward trend, and that downward trend was from you started your job as this is a potential uh, New Year's Six Bowl team to at the end of the second season, you didn't make a bowl at all, you can make a move and people would understand, I think. What's going to happen inevitably should happen immediately. Immediately. It happened immediately. And I don't know, man. I I know there's some you can go in a bunch of different directions with that and and but I, I think I've come around on this. I a year ago I think we kinda had this conversation and I said I didn't think you you could fire uh Joe so quickly because you know, it would make other coaches gun shy to come to your program if you can't come to Mississippi State and have a down year or two kind yeah. of thing. But if you pay, if the pay is right, yeah. people are still going to come. If a good group of five coach who's making a million dollars a year will come to Mississippi State for three million dollars a year. Either that, or he's going to have to explain to his wife why he just turned down basically six million dollars. That's it. That's a tough conversation to have. I would. That's imagine. it. If 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 State was going to fire Joe, mm-hmm. yeah, like if that was going to happen. Boy, you got to make sure you make the right. Yeah, right. Hire. Get the right hire, no question. But because if you don't, you are really looking at hurting for the next yeah half a decade at least. Yeah. Uh, Jay Davis, Dan Mullen lost to South Alabama. LSU lost to Troy at home at night just two seasons ago. Bad losses happened. South Carolina upset Georgia at home as a nearly four touchdown dog. Hashtag it happens. Hashtag move on. Where's the question? There was no question. Is he saying that like bad losses happen, so why is everybody up in arms? Kind of. He, thing? he doesn't ask. He just says bad losses happen. There's no question. This is a question and answer segment. You <laughs> well, got to put a question in there. Well, if he's asking what I think he's asking, the answer is it's the way state continues to lose the offensive. I'm glad you asked that because that's literally the next question. Okay. Ben Otten says, comparing the 2016 team to this team, which team was better? Would have been expected to do better at the beginning of the season. Dan had more success and experience. He finished six and seven. Are we too harsh on Joe, or is it the way we lose now that's different? Yes, it's, it's the, the way, way you lose. Yeah. The the twenty sixteen team lost because state because Dan made a really poor hire at defensive coordinator, and he immediately corrected it. You know, he hired one of the best defensive coordinators a season ago. Last year, you were losing games because the offense wasn't any better, wasn't any good. You haven't corrected that, and it it appears that the only way to correct it is to remove Morehead. That's the problem. Unless you go the route that you kind of suggested yesterday, and you you bring in an OC and that let, let them, them handle be the, the show. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if I that would happen or not. or not. So, yes, it's the way they're losing. Former Kumite champion Frank Dukes wants to know: Kumite, Kumite. If we had to replace Joe Moorhead with on fire. Stop, calm down, calm down over there. Oh, that's a that's, stop. 
If we had to replace Joe Moorhead with one fictional football coach, who would you choose? Uh, Eric Taylor? I don't know if that, that clear eyes, full heart stuff would play. I guess it would play with the fans. I don't know if it would play with the players, though. Yeah, that, feels, that feels very like he, he, you know, he didn't do well in college when he went there. So, you know, You'd have the, Tammy Taylor here, too. That's a plus. That's a big, big plus. <laughs> I knew you'd like as that. As Jackie Sherrill would say. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> we need somebody who can take underdogs and turn them into winners. So I want Jimmy McGinty. Okay. That would be a good one, I think. Um, I forget what Al Pacino's coach's name was in the uh, in any given Sunday. I don't want him though. <laughs> I, don't, I think he I think he had to have star power to win. That's why he took Willie Beeman with him to Albuquerque. <clears throat> well, I about to. You could go with the uh, Coach Boone. He was not, uh, not, not fictional. But that's not fictional. So, so any coach that's going to call a reverse on the last play of the game, we're sixty yards away from the end zone. I don't want that guy either. Uh. He also, what's our new thoughts on the Wednesday Night Wars? I still haven't watched NXT. I heard they moved Finn Balor over there. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched NXT either, but I have watched, watched both episodes of Dynamite. So obviously we're we're on board with AEW. I love Jer- Jericho's, Jericho's promo. promo was fantastic. That's what I'm talking about. Because you had to do that. Because otherwise you're going to have these idiots chanting We the People all the time. Now it's over. Yeah. Nobody's going to chant that. And Jericho is he should, he, he, Jericho is, is so over that he can say what he, he said. And he put and it, everybody it is, else dead. over. Yeah. He put everybody else in that pro, that, that promo over. So that was. I good bet stuff. Jack Swag. I, I bet Jack Swagger, Jack Hager, Jake, Jake Hager. Hager, whatever. Yeah. I bet he was sitting back there when Jericho said that. He was like, "Thank and he you was so like, much," and just inside you, was bet, leaping bet, for joy. I bet when they went backstage, he probably gave him a hug. He was like, "Thank you," because <laughs> that's, I'm just like, that's one of the things I hate about wrestling fans. Like, if you go to these events, immerse yourself in it. Yeah. You know, whatever's happening, be a part of that. Don't sit there and try to be this smart ass. There's one. It's, it's like oh, I'm going to chant the old stuff. You know, like, we're moving forward here. All right. He's not Jack Swagger anymore. We're done with that. And so, but Jericho said what I was thinking. So, Rob Fuller, with the injury to Brandon Smith, how does the rotation work out for the upcoming season? I think we think, I think Smith was sort of on the outside there to me. I mean, I think he was the, the underdog to work his way into the weekend, rota- the weekend rotation anyway. I think now that just settles that the clear front runners are again. McLeod, Sarantola for the weekend. Would you agree? I with agree that? with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, and there was some talk too that Brendan Smith may have been a bullpen arm anyway, bullpen like a late or, or guy. a midweek guy. Yeah. So I, I don't know that it impacts how the weekend yeah. rotation was going to. It be. hurts, hurts your depth. But yeah, it, it's a big loss. Don't but, don't misunderstand what we're saying. It's just what his role was. Yeah. I don't know what, that where he, where it hurts the most, Joel. To me, is if Sarantola does not. Uh, Deliver or McLeod or McLeod, one. yeah, they're just not good. Then you know you're, you're who, who you got to find somebody else. Yeah, you, you got to find that Peyton Plumley. Uh, let's see here. Uh, it says brick by brick. Here's the kind of question, guys. This is a really good question that we are not even remotely capable of answering. So, economic question: Could you two do a cost analysis of Joe's buyout money versus potential loss of money through decreasing season ticket sales, concessions, merchandising sponsor, etc.? How on earth? I don't have that information in front of me. It's a good question. It might be a good a good story idea for you. Joe's buyout thing, it, it's a it's kind of just tough to figure that kind of stuff out because yeah. it's kind of hidden behind the And those the things and those things and, get negotiated down and all this other stuff. Yeah, and so I, I And and the thing to remember this, the the main money for MSU is TV money. You know, 
honestly, people coming to the games, I mean, it, it hurts the way your program looks. It probably hurts recruiting. But from a money perspective, that TV check is what is what keep it, it's keeping everything afloat. Yeah. So the, the buyout thing, like with Joe, and for I think the same way with Matt Luke at Ole Miss, the state of Mississippi in general, I guess. But um, I think USA Today did a thing a year ago where they were listing all the SEC coaches' buyouts, and they listed Moorhead and Luke's as zero dollars, which yeah. is not true. It's not true. They, they have a buyout. It, it is just it's in the private, you know, Bulldog Club portion of their deal, so to speak, and it, you just. I don't know. I think we kind of, sort of, maybe know a ballpark figure, kind of. But it's so hidden that it's just kind of tough to figure out. And there may be somebody out there that, you know, you may can find that number. Maybe it's been reported and I hadn't hadn't seen it. But it is kind of tricky with that. So it it would be hard. You need to know that number and then try and figure it out. But you're right. That's a great question. But I don't know that we have the means to answer it. A. Swinson wants to know, what's the worst drive we've ever had to make? That Knoxville that, drive is up there. No, you know what the answer is to me. Go, and it's recent. You were with me, Omaha. The way home from Omaha because of the weather. The weather was so bad; it rained on us all the way through to Mrs. Basically to Memphis. I mean, we had, and it was really a, bad. Oh yeah, it was terrible. Like yeah. the first hour was like this. I will never forget looking out the side of the window and seeing water like like ten feet from us, like a river. But that wasn't a river; it was a cornfield that had been flooded. Yeah. And it, it was lapping up onto the road. I mean, it was a solid, hard, not just, I mean, it hailed on us. Yeah. It, it was just miserable weather. I tried to sleep. I could not. And, I mean, I was 10 and 2 and white knuckling that yeah. sucker driving. It, it stopped being really bad when we got into Missouri, as I recall. And, and I, even I, then, it still rained on us the whole way. And there was a point where I'm not a dude that I just get tired of driving. Like, I can, I can pilot the ship You're the a machine. whole way, and it's fine. Like, we got to a certain point, and I told... I guess you were just the the passenger the whole way on this trip, but yeah, I told Robbie I was like, "Look, buddy, it, I've had enough of this weather. So you got to, you, I need a break." Yeah, <laughs> and so he took over. Thank God. It was I, weird. It's like the drive up there was nice. It was no, yeah, drive no up there was fine, but it, the length plus the weather was on the way home, and yeah. plus I was just ready to get home too to see the youngins and yeah. everybody else. So it just it, right. it just seemed like I'll three days. Sure. Jared Gardner says, just recently bought my first house. The whole process was terrible. Oh, it is a Between the process. realtor and the loan company. What is one thing that is supposed to be a fun and great thing in your life you have both done that turned out to be just next to awful? Well, I don't know. Do we count marriage? Is marriage one of those things that we can count? <laughs> I enjoy my marriage, Brian. What about having children? <laughs> I enjoy my children, Brian. There are moments in both endeavors. Of trepidation. There, there are moments where you ask yourself, did I really do the right thing? But yeah. by and large, there's still that in the back. Yeah, you did, you did the right thing. thing. Okay. Um. First off, when it comes to buying a house, the end result is great, but I don't know that anybody goes into that process thinking this is going to be a lot of fun. Maybe buying your first buying your first house, maybe you're excited about being a homeowner. Yes. I, I, where I think he is going right with that, because I didn't know how involved that process was till we bought our first house, which is the house we're still in, actually. And I mean, that was like a full-time job yeah. for a month to yeah. buy that darn house. Yeah. Um, I let my wife handle everything. I didn't see the house that we bought. Until we had base, I think we'd already put in an offer, and then I got to see the house. I just didn't care. I was like, it's got a trying, roof." I'm trying to think. Is there anything else that's kind of fun, but the whole process is just misery? Oh, Eric Bischoff is trending. What did he do? I gotta I'm find out. To... Continue on though. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, you mentioned having kids. That that whole uh. You know, Bischoff is out. 
It's on SmackDown. Well, that didn't take long. Yeah, Bruce Pritchard took over for him. Yeah. Did he just quit, get fired? I think he got fired. Well, wasn't that something? That's funny right here. Props to Vince for making the guy move to Stanford when he's broke and having to work the podcast convention circuit. That's a good rib. <laughs> That's pretty rough. Uh, d- depending on how it works out for you, you know, whenever the first child comes, if that hadn't happened yet, you know, that, that, that day can be a long day. What's yeah. for us for our first kid? Yeah, so right. it's yeah. a fun, fun result, but it's sometimes okay. the process stinks. I don't know if there's anything else, but yeah, buying a house can be tedious. Patton Paris wants to know something you can cook that is better than what you'd order at a restaurant. Uh, meat? Is he asking me He's individually? Asking you, yeah. Oh, I suck at cooking. So oh, okay. it's, I, I, it's See, for, I, I got two things. I can cook steak better. I, I can cook steaks the way I want them. You can cook tenderloin good. I know that. That's good. I can't. The thing I can't do with steak is that I can't get the quality of steak I can get at a restaurant. Yeah. Like I can't. I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pay. $40 for one steak, all right? So, I mean, I can get the whatever they put out of the meat counter, and I'll make it the way I want it, but it's not the same quality meat. The thing I do is lasagna. My lasagna is really, really good. I think I'm doing lasagna this weekend, to be honest with you. Your That's, grits, too. And didn't you say your grits are My are grits amazing? are but they're they're not, uh, they're not like the real grits. They're, they're not instant grits. They're the like the quick grits. Yeah. But they are good. My kids love them. My fried chicken is good, too, but it's, I, I can get better fried chicken at, at Gus's or at Popeye's or... Whatever. But my lasagna is top-notch. That's a, that's a good five-hour process to make that. The Brick Dog wants to know if it smells like Updog in here. You want to get it? Can he get us? No? Oh, got you! All right. Uh, he has another one. This is, this, is, this is actually funny. In clown school, is the class clown the teacher? Yes, I that's would good. guess so. What letter is silent in the word sent? S, S or, or C? C? I say it's, it's the C. Yeah, I'd, I'd go see. Yeah, okay. Uh, the Wing Shooter. That's all it says. Any feedback from the exhibition game against ten- TCU? What was the score? Were there any media there? There were no media there. It was We were all in Tennessee. Uh, I don't know what the score was. I have heard that State lost. That's all I've heard. I heard they lost, but I don't know what the score. I don't. They did not release any kind of information. Or that. that said, they're, that next weekend, when State's at Texas A&M, so there won't be any coverage of it, but there will be an exhibition basketball game. Uh, at the hump, that you not only, if you want to see the team, it would be good, but they're going to use that money to benefit the farmers who were ravaged by the horrible rains earlier this year. So do that. Let's and uh, we also, I think, are talking with Ben Howland at some point early next week. So we yeah, get some more details. Some more on stuff here, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, Rob Hadaway, have you ever completed a 162 game MLB regular season video game? Yes, multiple times. Do you remember your last final record? I don't. Okay. Do you remember your best record? Uh, I Do you remember every year you won 100? Oh, I've, I've won over 100, yeah. Okay. Um, 162-0? No. Okay. No, it wasn't that. I tell you what, the, the MLB the show games lately are, are pretty they, – they're, they're like real baseball if you put it on the right difficulty levels to where yeah. they will humble you and you will – Did I about the, the one time I played the show? No. I forget who – I think it was PS2. And uh, I, I – I, I just I don't know if I might this might have been back when you could rent games. I might have just bought it used, it's bought it cheap. So I put the Giants on and I mean I'm getting no hit in the first game, like through seven innings. I cannot make contact. And they are just teeing off on me. I got Lincecum on the mound. Like this this should be easier than it is. So I I, I restart and I turn off like the trade uh thing and I just make an all star team. 
and I'm still getting no hit. And I was like, this game is not for me. So I, I, didn't, I never played baseball on the PS again. It's unfortunate. Like, I'm just not any good at it's it. It's unfortunate. So. All right. But yeah, love some, love, I, I, I love a, not just the video game of it, but the, just the real life, the 162 games. Yeah. I love the, the ebb and flow of that. You're not one of those that play one of those NASCAR games and run all 400 laps, were you? No. Okay. Never did that. All right. Uh, Drew Massey, is there ever a good season to wear Crocs with socks? He's asking for a friend. I say no to that. I would not advise. He says, I seem like a Crocs kind of guy. I do not own any Crocs. I'm not wearing Crocs. I like to wear socks. I am a socks kind of guy. I am a sock guy. Yeah, I'm I'm not a barefoot guy at all. Let's see here. Dogbone33. I hear Joe say lots of things, but I don't hear him say he's going to change his scheme and play calling. That stubbornness will ultimately cost him his job. Thoughts? Well, that's what he was saying. He's a talker, not a doer. That we said it last week on the podcast. That was one of the things that are true. So, do you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean the the only the only significant wrinkle I guess we've seen to his play calling ever was the Auburn game last year, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here, Trey Taylor. What fictional character best represents our football team right now and represents yourself? So we have to somebody who represents football team and myself. That's sort of tough. I'm pretty happy right now. I'm in a good mood. Like for the football team, my first thought was Eeyore. Oh, he went up the middle again. Didn't gain anything. Oh. Yeah, something like that, right? That sounds that's pretty good. Thank you. Uh but fictional character for me, I don't know. Well, you got a fictional character that represents the team? I mean, uh, the fictional character for the fan base right now would be like Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> right? Yeah. Cuz everybody's grouchy yeah. right now. Like even people yeah. I mean, there's people blow up my Twitter mentions. They're, they're, like, criticizing the way that we've criticized. Like, you know, after our Monday Things Are Truth show, I mean, we have multiple people criticizing the way people are criticizing. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know. It, I don't, I, no, nobody comes to mind for myself. I'm sure that yeah. if I thought about it, I could. But for the purposes of flowing along, next question. The Red Devil Dog wants to know, has this team finally bottled out, bottomed out or is the worst to come? Uh, it could be yet to come. Uh, look at that last game and I'll tell you. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Brooks White wants to know, uh, from what have y'all seen in, in compared to previous seasons, does this team lack leadership from its players? Are there any guys like Dak, Beckwith, Day, Green, Simmons, or Abram to can motivate and elevate their teammates? This is a huge problem. Huge problem. I, and I think that your best, the guy that needs to to take the reins of this, I think is is the, the guy with the beard that just got handed the starting quarterback job. I don't think he can yet is I, the problem. He does not strike me as that kind of guy. No. And so that's going to be really interesting. Now, he's just a freshman. He could grow into that. But, like, I don't see Kylan Hill as that kind of guy. I don't see Errol Thompson as that kind of guy or Brian Cole. You, know? you think of the best football teams throughout history, though, man. Who's the Usually your quarterback yeah. is the guy to do that. Yeah. And with Fitzgerald, you knew he had the locker room's respect because he went out there and busted his butt every time out. And, and it's kind of the same way already for Garrett. He has earned his team's respect already. Yeah. Um, from a vocal standpoint, though, I don't know that. I don't know that that's in his personality to right. kind of rally the troops. But maybe it is, uh, and maybe he could grow into that more. But yeah. I, I think ideally, that's who you want it to be. Is him. Traquan Key wants to know, we can all agree there are many issues with this football team, but what is the biggest problem Coach Moorhead needs to fix the program to get turned around? His offense. His offense. I was talking to somebody about this, a friend of mine, who's he's just a big anti-Moorhead guy. And he's like, what are all the problems with Moorhead? He starts listing all this stuff. I was like, all that stuff is BS. 
The problem, Morehead has one problem. His offense sucks. If his offense was good, nobody would care about the penalties or the discipline or the, the – nobody would care. All, all people care about is the offense sucks so you're not winning games. The other stuff, they're issues, but he they're is – details. An, he is an offensive coach that was hired for his offense that's offense has sucked since he got here. Simple as that. Uh, yeah. I mean, Fix it's the offense and everything line. else takes care of itself. Unless you're playing Stephen F. Austin, then it's good. Right. Uh, Ian Ladner wants to know, how many games or plays into our tenure as head coach would it take to run Kylan Hill to the outside? It's like licking a Tootsie Pop. Three. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, well, I mean, look at the first play of, of the Joe Moorhead tenure. It's a swing pass to Kylan Hill. He takes it 50 yards for a touchdown. You know, he kinda, That should happen three or four times a game. Joe kind of had a Ben Howland moment in the press conference Monday. Did you catch it? Well, did he forget to take his coaching pills? Again? Well, no, no, you remember... Uh, you know, Howland always. I, I forgot to put in Reggie Perry. Yeah. Not Reggie Perry. Uh, Robert, Robert Wood. I forgot to put him in. Yeah. Like, okay, why? Well, Joe said the other day, yeah, I should have got Kylan to the outside a little more. Yeah. Well, we'll do it. Well, why didn't you? This is one of the. <laughs> I I think we have. I know. I know you say it on B and B. I think I've said it with you too. But nothing annoys me more. Coaches like, well, I should have done. This. You're the head coach. You can do whatever you want. Do it. <laughs> Who's stopping you? You got 51 percent of the vote, right? Just do it. Hey, we're gonna run a sweep. Okay. Is Terry Richard going to go, well, Coach, I don't know about that. <laughs> Kylan going to say no? Come on, run the ball. All right. Uh, what former player will we hire to fix the culture? So what are we talking about here? Like as a, I'll tell you what, I know a guy. You want to hire a former player to come in as coach? We're going to make assume that Jerry that Joey Jones is out? Bring Chad Bumpus in as your special teams coach. That's a guy who gets Mississippi State. He, he would fix the culture. He would make it like, this is not how we do things here. Get Bumpus on board. I think it's, I think that'd be a good hire if yeah. State ever made that and hire. He, about a guy who could recruit, he could do it. He's having, they're having success up at Austin P. Dalton Lee wanted to update us that the hurdling streak ended this past weekend. But we're now, still five out of six. He also wants to know, how many season tickets do you, we think Rhett Hobart's hair alone could sell? Given the abysmal home slate and the decline of the team stock, it, well, it, the hair is fantastic. First off, Rhett's got to let his hair grow back out a little bit. Did he, did he, it seems did, like he's seems like it's been a lot shorter the last. No year wonder they're so. losing. He's like Samson. We need the hair. I mean, it, it just. I'm not saying you don't have good hair, Rhett, but I, I think that it might need to to get a little more length on it so it can can be the beautiful locks that it, that it yeah. was a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, I agree. Traquan Key has another good question here for us. And a bunch of you guys asked this, but what players do we think might leave early to go pro? So I'll just throw a name out and you tell me what you think. Errol Thompson. No. Cam Dantzler. No. Kylan Hill. I, I think no, mm-hmm. but I think he would want he's, to go. He's the highest probability of yes. Is there anybody else? And I think him being the probability of yes is just the plain old – Ready to get paid, kind yeah. of thing. Like you're a running back. There's only so many carries only you got. So many car- only so, so many you, miles if, on that battery. If you got the chance, maybe you do it. Yeah. Um. Did you ask me another one after Colin? No, I did. Um. Yeah. Do you do you disagree with any of mine? No. I'm trying to think if we left anybody out. Willie Gay, who hadn't played. Willie Gay, he'll be back. He'll be back. There are a lot of people like he won't have any film. I'm like, he played all last year. He's got plenty of film. He got more film than Cam Newton had. He was the number one pick. Chad Mask, will we ever again run a screen pass? I mean, I wouldn't bet on it. I, has has in his tenure here has there been a there have been some some tunnel screens to receivers, but has there been an actual like screen pass to a running back? I don't think there has. 
I don't think there has. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. Surely there's. I'm just saying. I'm not saying there hadn't been, but everybody's so so jaded right now with the whole thing. We're just throwing stuff out there. I, I don't know. No, you're not wrong. Uh, let's see here. Monroe Walker. Who picked Super Bowl off weekend to be on Easter? Do you think this will have a negative impact on attendance? It will a little bit, yeah. Well, see, it's, it's, so, it's so interesting to me. Because you're right, but the, it's Mississippi State Ole Miss. So, I mean... It's like a perfect storm. Yeah, but like if people—if this was a regular SBW, not on Easter weekend, and it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday—I would tell you that I would think the Saturday game would break the attendance yeah. record. Now, look, there's still going to be a ton of folks here. I'm not yeah. saying that it's a mistake, but you're not going to get fifteen thousand. But it, there are people that you know on Easter we go see family and go to church with family and do that whole nine yards. Yeah. There are a lot of folks that ain't going to change their Easter plans just yeah, to, to go, to go to a baseball and, game. Yeah, it's right. just what you're, it is. No, you're not wrong. He also wants to know, there's no, you know, grilled meats on Friday for the Catholics. Very true. Uh, where is the best place to get fried catfish or good fish in Starkville? The best fried catfish in town is at Little Dewey. I agree. That's some of the that, that is possibly the best fried catfish I've ever had. And I love fried catfish. Yeah. I, I know that, I know Dewey's reputation and, and whatever, but I, if I go there, I never get barbecue. I never get barbecue. I get, I get the fried catfish, and it's just delicious. Uh, Zach Johnson, why do bad things happen to good fan bases? It happens. Bad things happen to good people all the time, yeah. such as life. Joel, you're a preacher. Give me a give me a, a line for that. Count it all joy when you encounter trials of various kinds. Give me the whole thing. The where's it from? It's Book of James. You don't know when. It's like chapter one. I mean, it's early in the book. I can't tell you the exact verse. If you I mean, give me two seconds. I, I tell you, I know a ton of I'm verses. I'm get Father but Jason tough, to take over for you. It's tough for me to just say like. Here's the chapter, the verse. What? I, I thought you had. Most it all. times I know the book, and a lot of times I know the chapter, and sometimes I the, the verse kind of shakes me there for a second. But okay. anyway, I can tell you the verse. Well, very good. The word is what matters, not the number. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you. All right, now let's see here. Uh, Knowing that he is perfecting you, Brian. Your trials are molding you and making you into an even better Christian and human being. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, here we go. Um, Philip Knight. LSU wanted to fire Coach O when we beat the crap out of them two years ago. He had a vision, and it took him time. Do you, don't you think we should give Coach Moorhead some time? You're not wrong. There's two differences. Is that one, uh, in 17, he, he wanted to hire Lane Kiffin. He didn't. He got Matt Canada. He didn't like that offense, so he got rid of him. Uh, he brought in Steve Singer the next year. That offense wasn't what he really wanted either. He got rid of them, and now they found the offense that works. The other difference for me is this. In 2018, he signed the number 15 class in the country. The next year, he signed the number 5 class in the country. If Moorhead had the number 15 class last year and it was a top 10 class coming this year, I think he'd have a lot less concerns. But it's still in the low 20s. So it's really not, it's really not apples to apples. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. All right. Brad Haynes, will you and I dress up as Akeem the African Dream and Harvey Whippleman for for Halloween? Would you dress up as Harvey Whippleman? Sure, why not? I can get the hands moving. You would you would fit that role so well. I always like that was the one man gang, and they turned him into Akeem the African Dream, a giant white man known as the African Dream, and they te- teamed him up with uh, the Big Boss Man, the Twin Towers. Well, you also had a Samoan that was presented as a Japanese, whatever, with Yokozuna. It's true. Well, he had uh, Tenzan, too, who was Prince Albert. And he was, like, they kept doing the promos for him, like this Japanese wrestler. And then they took off his mask. I was like, it's Prince Albert. <laughs> Prince Albert. Like, yeah. what, what? 
You had no chance to get over it at that point. Everybody's like, it's you. Well, you didn't have to take the mask off because of all the friggin' hair. I mean, you yeah, know who that oh, As soon as you saw his chest, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite comfort food when sad? Still from Brad Haynes. He had three good questions here. We're going to get the next one, too. Ah, uh, pizza. I love pizza. That's probably a good call. Like, if, if I just want to if, if I just want to not care and just indulge myself with something, right. pizza. I like vanilla ice cream with magic shell. Yeah, you've said that before. Yeah, You're a big very, magic shell guy. I love magic. A dipped cone from Dairy Queen, anything. I like that. Last one. Can we really bash Cohen for the Kansas Arrow hire? Dude was a good coach, just a crappy husband. John can't foresee that. The problem is this. When you hire somebody, you're, whatever happens, happens. To me, anyway. And that's something that, you know, how much digging did you... Because I, I have trouble believing... And I, I guess we're sort of speculating here because we don't know for sure what happened with Kansas Arrow. But is that the first time it ever happened? You know, I, I I have always felt in that that Cohen hired a guy that he liked, that he didn't. How, how much research did he do beyond what he knew of him? You know, did he call a lot of guys? Because they've always said that like, Maneri found out when Canizero told him he was going, so he obviously didn't call down to LSU and talk to people. You know, it just feels like he just sort of hired the guy he wanted to hire and didn't really think too much about it. I. I'm not as hard on Cohen for that hire as you are. I'm not super hard on him either. I, I get that it, he couldn't have foreseen it, but at the same time, that's your job is hiring and firing. And, it is, you know, you got it. So, but look, I mean, quite frankly, Canizaro kind of fooled me too a little bit. You know, I, yeah. I, I didn't think he was. You know, I, crap, we were sitting there at that first year thinking that he was going to be the long-term coach here and be here for decades, maybe. You know, I mean, yeah. So I, I don't I don't I don't hang that on Cohen. I mean, you can't foresee that a guy's gonna make the bad choices that he made. I no, don't you're think. right. So I, you're I just right. I don't put that on Cohen. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, sort of already answered Austin Cooley's question there. Uh, I'm not gonna answer Uncle Ruckus's question because he's the worst person ever. Uh, we answered Jay Smith's question. Uh, some nerdy mug. I don't know. Most po- most programs are rebuilding after hiring a new head coach. Has Moorhead done a reverse rebuild at MSU? A debuilding of the program, if you will. If you, if you will. will. I mean, right now, it kind of looks like it's happened. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, it's the the program is definitely in a worse spot right now than it was a year and a half ago, or whatever. So, no, I don't disagree. Uh, let's see here. Chris King. Why does Joe Moorhead get another year, John Cohen? If you give him another year, people will be ready to burn you at the stake with Joe if it's bad next year. What? I think he's saying that uh, John Cohen's job is very much. Uh, in well, they're they're, here they're too. very very tied together for sure. Because Canizero, whatever you say or not, football coach, poor football coaching hires or we get athletic directors fired. Simple as that. You hire a football coach, it doesn't work out, you're gone. Ask Jeff Long. You know, it's just the way that that's just the way the world works. So, yeah. Uh, let's see here. I have one that didn't mention you um, from CBB at Gasman32. Is the new Strange Brew in the Cotton District open yet? Uh, don't think so. I don't think so. I drove past the other day. It's, it's it, it wasn't open. So yeah, it didn't yeah. mention us both. So I didn't think you'd see that. No, I didn't. So. Our friends from the Allegheny Boys Tennis Program. If Twitter existed in 1988, would state fans more be more disgusted than headed than headed to one and t- hold on? Would be I'm sorry, I, I, I misread it. You have butchered this. I have. If Twitter existed in 1988, would state fans be more disgusted then 
headed towards 1-10 and and having five of six losing seasons from 82 to 87. Were we just conditioned to lose then and felt resigned to despair? Is the fan base angrier now because of higher expectations? That last sentence is very true. Yeah. You've you've seen, you've you saw seen. a decade of success, including going to number one in the country. Mm-hmm. It, it's a little different era. Yeah. Back in eight, the 80s, everybody's just like, they were just happy to win the Egg Bowl. Now, back in the 80s was when I was born, so I can't. I'm telling you. I am telling you from experience. <laughs> just winning the Egg Bowl is enough. I mean, I think the worst year in that frame would have been 86, starting off 6 and 1. You're ranked number, I think, 11 or 12 in the country, and then you. You lost your last four games to Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss by a combined score of like, and I, I could be off a couple points here, but like a billion to six. <laughs> my grandfather, God rest his soul, only went to one college football game with me and my dad, and it was the LSU game that year in Jackson. LSU won 44 to nothing, and he looked around. Now, he'd had a stroke, so he didn't talk really great, but I can sort of do his voice. He looked at me and my dad, and he's like, never again. And he never, till the day he died, went back to see Mississippi State play football. <laughs> never again. You couldn't get him in the stadium. Smart man. He was smarter than a lot of people. Your imitation of your grandfather sounded a lot like Eddie O. He, in retrospect, yes. Yeah, that's what he sounded like. <laughs> he would yell. He he tried to get my grandmother's attention. I, if Stephen Augustine Nelly's listening, he's about to laugh. because you, you would just hear from across the house, Margaret! That's all you'd hear. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we just we'll just throw one of those out there at a family gathering. All right, uh, let's see here. This is a good question here from Shelton Tillery. Three fan bases in the SEC are facing three different types of disappointment, frustration. Which fan base has it worse, Arkansas State or Georgia? I personally think Arkansas. I agree with Arkansas. Arkansas is in full on despair. Yeah, Mississippi State fans, you can at least see, look, they could beat Arkansas, and they can beat Abilene Christian, and they can beat Ole Miss. They can and still they've get got to a Schrader. They could be got, okay guys, next year. You have nothing with Arkansas. Georgia's frustration is very interesting because it's frustration that 95% of college football fans would take. Yeah. If state, oh, no, state we're going 10-2. Lo- and two. State would love to be Georgia yeah. right now. Everybody would trade. Almost everybody in the country would trade places with Georgia. Yeah. So, uh, let's see here. Jay Smith. Did you see where Mike Leach recently banned his players from social media? Do you buy or sell this move? How would you feel if Moorhead implemented this policy? I think it's dumb. Didn't uh, did Rick Ray do this? Like one of the one of the state basketball teams in recent history did this. Uh, I don't know. Or maybe but it's, it's, it's just dumb. You got to. You've heard us talk about not allowing availability and stuff like that. This is the same thing. Treat your players like adults. If they tweet something stupid, there's can be punishment for it. Yeah. But to take everybody's rights away is dumb. This ain't kindergarten. Yeah. No, you. Yeah. If a player wants to give it up, I, I've seen players before be like, "Hey, I'm off of Twitter for the season." Kind of. I, I've seen that happen. Um, if a player wants to give it up, don't want to read what's on there, don't want to see any negative mentions. I can't blame them for that. If they want to make that decision on their own, fine. But I don't think that you dictate from the top to get off social media. It's 2019. You're dealing with 18 to 22-year-old. Some of them really are. They're at least young adults. Some of them are actual adults. Yeah. You, don't, you can't. I mean, I guess you can, but I just think that's a bad move. To I, I don't like it. Um, John Himblin, Himle, John Himlebin, is the fact that Joe Moorhead's diet requires him to go all day without eating, causing him to have brain fog. I sure as hell couldn't think straight if I was starving my brain of nutrition. Hey, Dad, you tried this diet. What do you think? So here's the deal. I am doing that, right? I, do, I eat one meal a day. I'm in the same window as him. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. Here's the one thing that we do know. State hasn't had a night game yet. So it's not like he's had a game where he couldn't eat until like 11, 12 o'clock. 
You know, he's he's in the normal time of day for himself. I don't. I'm not, I'm trying to have a little fun with this, but at the same time, well, also uh, he wasn't doing this diet last year. That's true. Yeah, it's not the diet. Yeah, you you nailed it right there. <laughs> uh, let's see here, JD Sweeney. Do you think the AD notices the former players talking about Moorhead? And if so, what does it have an effect? Oh, I'm sure he's well, he has seen, to I'm notice sure it. Yeah. Seen it. If he's not noticing, I guarantee people are tagging him and like, look at this, John Cohen. Uh, does it have an effect? It's got to have some effect. It's got to have some effect. You want you don't you don't want to you know have all your former players railing on your program. So. Something else to remember here, mm-hmm. and this isn't to, to discredit anything that, that Banks or any of those guys have tweeted. Some of this is just pure old frustration that you're losing. Yeah, like no it's question. not just when you're losing, and it's the way you're, you're gonna, losing. Too. Yeah, you're going to nitpick and be mad and say things, and it, it just is what it is. People are just in a bad mood about the whole thing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, last one here from Colton Peterman. The year is 2040. State's baseball coach is Jake Mangum. The football coach is Dak Prescott. Thoughts of the odds of this happening? So I think the the Mangum thing is as coach. Like I really think there's a a at least a fifty percent chance that that happens. Yeah. So for me, like Mangum, yeah. And I, 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 if Jake's listening, I love Jake. But do I see Jake as a long time MLB guy who's going to make hundreds of millions of dollars? I mean, that's that's tough for me to see. It could could happen, but I don't know. Dak Prescott is going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. Why would he get into coaching? Why would he get into the frustration of that? Why would he want to recruit? Why would he want to do those things? Dak Prescott, when his days, playing days are over, is heading to a desk to be the next, you know, you know, guy on the NFL Analyst today or something. or something. Yeah, at best, at best, he could just be like, "I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to go live my life now." Yeah. I'm, he's going to have the money to do it. That's for sure. Well, so I, no, I, mean, I don't see Dak Prescott ever being a, a, a football coach, especially at Mississippi State. I mean. You heard it right here on the on the podcast with Jake sitting in this chair, sitting six yeah. inches from me. That he well, said he wants to be a coach. Yeah, and so I I would imagine that road will probably lead to Starkville at some. I point. was going to say I don't think he specifically said it, but I would imagine his dream job is to be the head coach at Mississippi State. Mississippi State is much better served by Dak Prescott not being the head coach. Oh yeah, just he could just be the ambassador for the program. You know, why why tie his hands in recruiting? You know. Let that man get out there and talk to players. You know what would be awful? What is if? And again, like you said, man, we love we love Jake as a, a player and 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 oh, and if he all, wasn't successful as a coach, like if he came in and was just terrible as a coach, like I would hate that. I would hate that, but I tell you, I I would believe it would not happen. Jake Jake Mangum's a winner. Yeah, I agree with that. He's I don't I don't think it would happen. It yeah. would it would just definitely he suck would if will it did. his teams to win. You know, <laughs> just like he did these last two years. He basically said we're going to win, and they did. Yeah, that team, that 2018 team, had no business being in the College World Series, but Jay Mangum took them there. Well, that 2017 team had no business getting to the Super. Right, but they got there. But they got there. Yeah, so, all right, that's all for today, guys. Tomorrow's show, a lot of LSU talk. Brooks Cabina will join us from the Advocate, and uh, we'll talk some LSU stuff. Plus, we're gonna talk a little basketball. We haven't really talked about it today, uh, but the SEC announced the uh, predicted order of finish and the uh, the coaches All SEC team. So we'll talk about those. On tomorrow's show, and then of course Friday show, like we've mentioned, and I'll get uh, Joel's uh, prediction and playmakers tomorrow. And then Friday show, uh, we'll have the Augustinellis on with me. Have a great Thursday. Talk uh, to you. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, one last thing. Their brush with greatness. Oh, I was getting there. Oh, okay. I, I didn't think you were doing it, man. You're about to. Why don't you just let me drive the boat? Okay. Sorry. All right. You're the navigator. You're just telling me which way to I'm go. I'm Gilligan. <laughs> <laughs>
right, yeah. I, I'm driving the boat here. I'll get us there. Don't worry. And the skipper. Exactly. I'm the skipper. I know. All right. In more ways than one. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Your brush with greatness is over. Talk Mississippi Media Production.